0: Welcome to the Such Things Podcast, where we talk about whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything that is excellent or praiseworthy. We are so glad that you're here with us today. I'm David Lang, here with my wife, Lisa, and today we're talking about what's good. What's good, but I wanna start off uh, talking about transitions. You know, this is a time of transition. Um, I wonder if this is like what the 1960s felt like. You know, I always sort of wished that I could have been there in the 60s and 70s, mainly for the, the classic rock. But I think about the 60s and all the change that was sweeping around the world. Vietnam, the civil rights movement, the hippie movement, the sexual revolution, the rise of feminism, the rise of uh, John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King Jr., the assassination of JFK and MLK, the moon landing, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the beginning of the Cold War, the Beatles, Woodstock, the Summer of Love. It, just, it was like every arena of life was going through change. And let me tell you, right now, It sure feels like a lot of change happening all at once in our world. This past year, certainly here in the U.S., it's been the most tumultuous year that certainly some of us, Lisa and I, uh, can remember in our lifetime. It, It can feel a little overwhelming, a little unnerving, um, going through so much you know upheaval, A lot of the change is good, some of it's alarming. But I'm reminded of two of my favorite lines from Jesus. In Matthew 19 verse 28, he says, "At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne. And then he says, at the end of the Bible, Revelation 21, verse 5, another just short line, he says, Behold, I make all things new. All things new. The renewal of all things. These phrases give me such great comfort in dark times to know that there is a new beginning coming, a reboot, a restart, a clean slate, heaven, the new heaven and the new earth, and we've got to set our hopes there. One thing that 2020 has showed me is that if my hopes are here, then I'm doomed to discouragement. You know, 2020, where now it's springtime here and 2021, but 2020 was a was a wild year. And I think we kind of thought that like, okay, 2020 is over. On to 2021. Everything's fine now. <laughs> and it's like, we're still there. Um, you know, for me, I actually spoke with a counselor last year, last uh, spring and summer. I just needed some help getting my, my mind back on track. Um, you know, it can just feel like everything is in disarray. Right now in our world, I remember the title of a book that I read in high school, uh, a well known book. I think it won awards. You know, it's called Things Fall Apart. Things do fall apart, don't they? But Jesus has a plan to put them back together, to renew all things. Things are broken, but they will be fixed, changed renewed, restored, if not now, then at the renewal of all things. In The Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis writes this great line. Wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bares his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. You have to say that like a British person to get the rhyme. (laughs) I love that line. I love it. Today, let's look back to a time when things had not yet fallen apart. Back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. And I got to say, I'm very grateful to um, some of my teachers here, Marty Solomon of the Bema podcast, uh, Dr. Douglas Jacoby, uh, where I, I took a lot of classes with him, and the Athens Institute of Ministry, and his thoughts from, uh, both of their thoughts from Genesis, and John Eldridge, his thoughts on heaven from his book, All Things New. i got to give credit to these guys. But here we go. I call this talk, What's Good, Genesis chapter 1. Um, let me read to you some scriptures here. let me go ahead and take a sip of my coffee. Hopefully you've got a nice cup of joe poured. So let's all take a, a sip here. Maybe you're like me. Uh, you listen to podcasts when you drive in the car. So hopefully you've got some coffee with you in the car. Here we go. Genesis chapter one. Let me just kind of jump around here. And God said, let there be light And there was light. God saw that the light was good. It was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. Verse 4. Skipping down, verse 9. God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place. Let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the land produce vegetation. And skipping ahead, it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. Skipping down a little bit, God creates the, the stars God set them, in verse 17, in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And then God creates all the, um, the birds flying in the sky, every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And then God produces uh, all the the land uh, the the land animals, all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. And then finally, at the very end here, verse thirty one, Genesis one, God saw all that He had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And then of course we know on the seventh day, God finished and he rested from all the, his work of creating and he blessed the seventh day. Before it went bad, it was good. It was very good. Over and over, God says that every, it's like every, you know, every piece that he created, every step of the way, he stepped back as he was, you know, working his canvas, uh, painting with his brush, you know, creating, and after every step, every phase, every brush stroke or whatever, he would step back and he's like Bob Ross, you know, he's like, oh, this is good, happy little trees, this is good. For six days, he was feverishly creating, dust filling his workshop, sparks flying, hammers striking, and then his creative crescendo swelled to a climax. And as the dust settles, and we can see standing in his workshop the crown of his creation, our first glimpse at the pinnacle of his masterpiece, humanity. It was humanity, it was mankind. Can you believe that? Before we went bad, we were good, very good. In the beginning, it was good. We were good, the world was good. We were good with God. God was good with us. And God was good. And he still is. Right now, it's springtime here in South Carolina. There's new life springing out everywhere. Color and pollen everywhere. (laughs) We're covered. The earth is coming to life, and it's so good. You know, when God prepared a home for his children, Back here in Genesis 1, he spared no expense. As God prepared the nursery for his children, oh, he set it up beautifully. It was elaborate. It was awesome, this earth, this Garden of Eden. The Bible begins with an understanding that there is this God that is abounding in goodness and his creation is like an overflowing, a manifestation of that. But to hear some of us talk right now, this past year, to read the news, to see the way we're talking on Facebook, to look into our hearts, I think it's almost like for many of us, This good God, this goodness, God, he's nowhere to be found anymore. And life is just like terrible. Over this past year, I ask you, have you had an it's good attitude or an it's bad attitude? Yes, there is much that's bad, but we've got to look for the good. The Bible begins with that, with the goodness of God and creation. And so we live, the Bible starts from this place. So we live from a place of hope, faith, and expectation, not fear, anger, and discouragement. I'm kind of like, I'm convicting myself as I'm talking. How many moments of my days Am I being dominated by my anger, my fear, my discouragement, my frustration? That's not where the story began, though. Man, look at Jesus. The prophet Isaiah says that Jesus was a man, quote, familiar with sorrow. But as my dad always said, you know what? He may have been familiar with sorrow, but it doesn't say they were best friends. Crowds thronged to Jesus. Children were drawn to him, and he to them. That's a man of joy. Kids don't come running after sourpuss. (laughs) You know, we got to look for the good. Lisa, let me let you share a little bit here.
1: Thanks. Um, Yeah, okay, so it is good, This phrase, when we look at the world, do we think it is good? When we look at people, do we think it is good? God created the world, but then he came to a point where he was satisfied with his work and stopped. He said it was good. If you had been there, if I had been there when God was creating the world, would I have said it is good? Or would I have offered tips and advice on how to improve his creation? Would I have been satisfied? Would I have said, God, make the water glow, make the mountains float, make the clouds something we can eat like cotton candy, give humans the ability to fly like birds and enable us to breathe underwater like fish. Although we may not want to admit to being that arrogant as to make improvements to what God said was good and enough, some of us are like that in our own lives. We are perfectionists and critical of the world around us and the people around us, always seeing things that can be approved, improved upon. God is perfect, but He is not a perfectionist. Perfectionists are rarely satisfied and therefore not truly content and joyful about life. There is not much that a perfectionist would say is good. Mm. As I look back at my life, I think I have been taught and influenced to be critical, to see flaws and to try to correct them. Even in my earlier days working in ministry, I was taught and trained to see people's shortcomings and to try to offer solutions to correct them. now, I will say, having wisdom and insight to see what needs to change in a situation isn't a bad thing in itself, right. but sometimes we can become so used to thinking that way that we become negative and pessimistic. Mm-hmm. I have become this way at, at times. Everywhere I look, I can see flaws and problems. I can see what needs to change, what needs to improve, and it can just be overwhelming. When I focus on the negative, then I be- I become a critic, and I become unhappy, I lack joy, and I bring others down. Right. I become the naysayer, and it's actually hard for people to work with me. Someone might offer a suggestion and an idea, and I can always see the problem with it. I always see what could go wrong and why it won't work. Recently, I have felt very overwhelmed that I tend to think this way, but... Then I had this thought that gave me hope and comfort. Jesus was well aware of all that was wrong with the world mm-hmm. and all that was wrong with people. He, he, was, he could see everybody's flaws, <laughs> but yet he was joyful and he was faithful because he saw people not as they are but as they could be. Wow. When he saw people, he looked at them with eyes of faith. Mm-hmm. He didn't focus on all their flaws. And he offered people hope of becoming all that God had designed them to be. See, when God made the world, when God made humanity, it was good. It was actually as he wanted it to be. We As humans have screwed it all up with our sin. We've messed up the world. We've messed up ourselves. We've hurt others. But God can see past all that and sees us how we should be. And He is working in ways we don't even see to understand. We don't even see and we don't even understand to restore us and to restore the world to what He intended it to be. If you tend to be a critical person like me, seeing what's wrong with the picture before you see what is right and good, learn from Jesus. The next time you are tempted to point out all the problems with an idea or all the flaws that a person has that would make it hard for them to become a Christian or all the weaknesses in your own life that make you someone who you think is hard for God to use, try instead to see what is good. Instead, list for yourself what are good points of an idea someone had or what God, what gifts God has given a person you feel critical of and how God can use those gifts or what strengths you have and how God can use you in spite of your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Wow. Matthew chapter 7, verse 2, what kind of measure are you using? If we are critical of others, we tend to be critical of ourselves as well. In fact, we are probably the most critical of ourselves, That's and I right. speak from experience here. Yeah. Do you believe when you when do you believe when God looks at you that He says she is good, or do you think He says, "Well, hmm, she needs to work harder"? She needs to be more selfless. Mm -hmm. She needs to be more bold and share her faith more. She needs to lose weight. Some of us are never satisfied with our bodies. We over obsess on ideals that are unattainable for us. And we spend our lives on diets never satisfied with how we look. I don't think this is how God intended us to be. We need to learn to be content with who God made us to be. This has been so hard for me recently during this pandemic. And I've talked to other women, friends of mine that feel the same way. It's like there's this spirit of self-loathing where Mm. I've just become hyper aware of all my flaws and um, deeply insecure about what others might be thinking of me and how I see myself. And I've really had to change the way I think, you know. All of us have weaknesses and flaws, and yes, all of us do have sin that needs to be repented of, That's right. but we need to learn to see ourselves through God's eyes. He can use you. He can use me, even though we have flaws of, and sin, and He wants to, and He has said that you are good. It is up to you to see yourself that way.
0: Ooh, okay, that was great. Um, so much good stuff right there, guys. Let's look for the good. It has been a difficult year, but you know what? There's been a lot of good as well. I mean, we we've had our kids around, like many of you. We've had our kids around. Uh, Lisa, you've been like a a teacher for a year <laughs> for especially for our youngest son, Isaac. But And that's been challenging. Our kids have just recently, a few weeks ago, went back to in-person school. It's been challenging, but you know what? There's been a lot of good there. Mm-hmm. We've been able to really bond as a family, yeah. connect with our kids in a very special way. I, I want to encourage you, make a list. Literally, write it down. What good things has God placed in your life for you right now. Even in this season that may feel a bit dark and challenging, I urge you, go take a prayer walk in the park this week. It's springtime. Get out there. Walk around. Take in God's goodness. Reflect on it. Let it kind of soak into your heart and mind. Give thanks for it. We've got to Fill our hearts regularly with the goodness of God and be intentional about that. That is something that I do regularly. I have to get out and consume God's beauty and God's goodness because there's a lot of bad that our hearts are consuming um, just in the world around us. Christians, I know not everyone listening is a Christian, but some of you are, where is our Christ-like joy? Joy is the second fruit of the Spirit, only preceded by love. Christians should be the people who love the most, laugh the most, smile the most, enjoy the most. I've been loving watching the chosen with our kids and they show Jesus laughing, smiling. Let's drop the anger, the vitriol, the bitterness, the woe is me, the whining and complaining about people who don't think just like us, politically or otherwise. So I'm calling us to repent, to repent of lack of joy in the church. I know a lot of the preacher gets up and calls the church to repent, all, all you know, that's part of our job, but this time I'm calling us to repent <laughs> of a lack of joy. Because life in Christ, is not just good, it's very good. Even here, in 2021 (laughs) even in a pandemic year what's good god is good his creation is good jesus is good and our life in christ is very good and so that's where we're starting the such things podcast amen thank you so much for sitting in with us.
1: Yeah, uh, this is this is our first time doing this. So thanks for bearing with us and listening through to the end of this podcast. <laughs> You're We're, still here. Yay.
0: <laughs> we'll come back next time for part two, where we'll find out what's not good. Pom bum, bum. All right, see you next time. the Lord today, for He is all my hope instead, a God is good, His name is great, hallelujah.